Hi, Dr. Suhey. Uh, this is Nadia from zenonco.io and Love Heals Cancer. Um, it is an honor for us to have you, for us to have you with zenonco.io and Love Heals Cancer on today's knowledge sharing session, Doctor. You have taken the time out to be with us and talk to us and to introduce our company, zenonco.io and Love Heals Cancer. We guide cancer patients in their treatment journey with an integrative oncological treatment approach. And today's session is going to be all about the knowledge sharing, understanding and answering queries of patients all around the globe. Right? Doctor, let me opportunity to introduce you. Uh, Dr. Suheb Mohammed is a consultant radiation oncologist at Apollo Medics Super Specialty Hospital, Lucknow. He has been a senior resident at the Sanjay Gandhi Postgraduate Institute of Medical Science for two years. On the overall, he has four years of experience and we are delighted to have you with us today, Doctor. Take it from here, Doctor. Okay. So good morning, and Nadia. This is Dr. Suhaib from Apollo Medics. I'm a radiation oncologist. I'm working since in cancer since 2014, I guess. So uh, it's been uh, and it's really nice to be on a platform where I can help patient without going to them. Actually, in this period of uh, you know this all COVID and everything. So on you. Yeah. Thank you so much, Doctor. Let's move into the Q and A session, shall we? Definitely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Go ahead. My first question to introduce, doctor, because of the high rates of it growing, head and neck cancers. How can you elaborate for us your inputs, your knowledgeable inputs on head and neck cancers regarding its rising trend? So, um, if we exclusively talk about head and neck cancers, so most of the time, in more than 90% of the cases, it is the etiology is known. We know the etiology. It is smoking, it is tobacco chewing, any form of tobacco. It, is, it may be cigarette smoking, it may be smoking, it may be chewing, or it may be in the form of other. doesn't matter what is the form. If you are using tobacco, you are prone to develop cancer, especially in head and neck malignancy. Then there is viruses. But the incidence that we are facing, the problem which we are facing, and the uh, it, I would like to tell you that more than 50%, you can say more, nearly two-thirds of the cancer that can be prevented just based on the lifestyle modification. So if we go ahead and we take a place that, yes, we will follow this, we will not use tobacco, alcohol, it will be in a very limited quantity, we will not use smoking or we will avoid the area in which the smoking is being done by other people. So most of the time we can avoid this, but unfortunately this is not happening. The more and these days I am seeing more and more new people. So if you start smoking, you just smoke, uh, you take uh, tobacco, and it is just for two three years. And even even if you stopped after that, you realize that okay I'm not doing good thing. But that two three three years that may cost you after ten years. You, people come to me, patient come to me, thirty year, twenty six year. I can see twenty two twenty three year old boys. They are coming to me with tongue malignancy, with buccal mucosa malignancy, with other malignancies in head and neck, and just saying, sir, I have two years and after that I stopped. But that two years, that caused them a lot. Monetary, financially, emotionally, socially, everything that, that caused them. So most of the head and neck cancer, they are due to tobacco chewing, are smoking, that can be prevented. 
this is the prevention part then treatment we can um, discuss with the particular patient right doctor uh, when it comes to head and neck cancers in the rising trend it's always good to avoid and change the lifestyle is what you are trying to say definitely because it is that control is in our hands uh, that is what i am saying ki for overall if we see overall more than nearly two third of the cancer are can be prevented just based on the lifestyle modification but if you talk exclusively about head and neck cancer if we stop tobacco all together completely in any form we can prevent up more than 80% of the head and neck cancers wow that is those are some grappling statistics yes right so uh, coming to the next question doctor when we talk about the advances yes. in radiation tech, radiation oncology and radiotherapy um could you share with us your knowledge on it the advances definitely 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 so that technical advances in radiotherapy it is like just a whole session we can i can talk about and not a whole session i can day a talk talk about a whole day about what are the advances so when you go for a treatment of a head and neck cancer if i'll just go in brief you go, initially you go ahead basically we are talking about tongue and oral cavity cancers like tongue and the cheek and the palates and everything so the main stay of treatment the first line is you go ahead with surgical resection you get a surgery done then based on the reports of the surgery you either may need only a radiotherapy or a combination of radiotherapy and chemotherapy no radiotherapy is being done from a long time in the radio in the head and neck cancer after surgery to avoid recurrence it is to avoid the recurrence to decrease the chances of recurrence so initially what happens is that ki we used to give radiation we as a radiation oncologist used to give radiation to the whole of the face whole of the area everything is being just giving radiation so what happens is that the disease is getting cured okay disease is covered everything but the problem the lifestyle after that the morbidity after that it became so much that i have heard patient ki sir is said it's better ki i would have died rather living this lifestyle because if you give radiation to whole of the area you will be like your mouth is always dry you don't you are not able to speak properly you are not able to swallow just imagine you need water with every bite it is so painful so pathetic lifestyle happens they say ki sir hum sote rehte hain and we have to get up in the night just to drink water then advances start happening so now when we we as a radiation oncologist when we try we try ki how to do that matlab what to do ki hum we don't com- compromise with the treatment outcome but we should be um, we should making the life better if we are treating someone it is not just we want to live we want them to live happily So it's not like if they regret after getting treated ki isse acha to hum nahi karate we don't want that we want that yes if he lives he lives happily ha huh? that yes i am okay i am feeling okay so then radiation oncology starts growing from that area so all the advances all all the advances in radiation therapy it is just to decrease the side effect if i saying one line it is to decrease the side effect because if you de- can decrease the side effect you can deliver more dosage like if there is a tumor near eye and you have to give whole of the area then you cannot give because if you will give the the people will become blind so you you have to limit the key so what happens is that dose compromises you cannot give doses but with the recent technique like imrt 
means intensity modulated radiotherapy like IGRT, RepidR, and everything. We can go doses that we cannot deliver previously, and uh, side by side we can save the structures which we don't want to irradiate. We don't want eyes to get radiation. We don't want ears to get radiation. And especially what I was talking previously is that the dryness of mouth. So there are two glands in the you can uh, just below the ears near the ears. So they are called parotid glands, and they are the main glands for secreting the saliva. There are other glands also, but these are the main. So if you give radiation for head and neck cancer, you burn all the parotid. And once it is burned, it is burned. The likelihood of coming back, the, all the function is very rare. But with IMRT, I can tell you I am working in Apollo Medics from the last uh, uh, more than one year. So in that one year, I have seen three patients, only three patients out of um, more than 150 patients I've treated that were complaining ki, Sir, I am getting xerostomia, means dryness of mouth. So it is very less. Initially, what uh, when I started in 2014 at that institute, the radiation facility initially was not that great. So we used to give radiation with old techniques. And I can tell you, almost all the patients, they complained is my mouth is getting dry. A little less or a little more. But most, most, most of them are complaining that I am having a dryness of mouth. Similarly, we can save the structures which are responsible for hearing, which is called cochlea. We can save cochlea. And then there are muscles which help in swallowing that we can save. We can deliver radiation doses that are below the limit of their tolerance. So in after all the treatment, when the person starts, because when you give radiation, there are ulcers in mouth. So when that heals, the person start eating. But if at that time you give more doses to the muscle responsible for swallowing, then he has a problem in swallowing. So all these can be avoided just based on the technical advances. And simultaneously, we can deliver more doses to the cancer treatment. So if in a nutshell, if I can say it is the technical advances is so great that you can deliver maximum doses maximum doses to the tumor and simultaneously you can avoid doses to the critical structure that are responsible for your daily functioning great doctor because those technical advances are so necessary in today's times we are lucky to be staying in uh, living in such times where the technical advances are at its best correct definitely definitely you're absolutely right Coming to my next question, doctor, um, biopsies. When, is, when does a doctor suggest a biopsy to a patient? And other than biopsy, are there any other ways? Could you elaborate on that? Any other ways to diagnose a patient? Definitely. So when a patient, usually in head and neck cancer, what person comes with, sir, I have an ulcer or a tongue or a cheek or somewhere in the floor of mouth or on the lips, whatever, and it is not healing. So doctor examine, first examine. So there are criteria based on which a doctor can tell ki, huh, whether it is a normal, because we all develop ulcers that comes and goes. We, we must have, most of the people, they do have experience with that, ki, that ulcer comes and in two, three days or four days maximum, it goes away. So when it is not healing, especially more than two weeks, if it is not healing for more than two weeks, you go to see a doctor. Most of the time, it is not... Uh, oncologists are not the first person who met this. It is the ENT surgeons. Because people think that a problem and then let's go to an ENT surgeon because they, they most of the time take care. Or dentists, they also develop, uh, they got the initial side. So it is 
very much important for the initial person, initial clinician, whosoever he is, any ENT surgeon or a general surgeon or a dentist or whosoever, he should be very well versed that yes, if it is a normal ulcer that will you know on its own or it is look it looks like a malignancy. On clinical examination, you can just say it looks like a malignancy. You cannot do. Although after some time you feel that oh, okay, most it is a very great chance that it will come to um, be a malignant one. But after that, once once he sees, then he send it to a clinician who is expert in dealing oncology cases. So if I, a person comes to me and showing me ulcer, then I see something how big it is, what is what is the adjacent region, how it is look like, is there any node in neck, any swelling in neck also. But once you feel that, okay, it is, it looks like a malignancy, then biopsy is a very, very important thing because in tongue, you can have different type of malignancy. You can have a squamous cell carcinoma or sarcoma or a melanoma, whatever you can. It is totally, the, and the treatment of all of them varies. Varies, the doses varies, the surgical procedure varies, whether you need to only remove that area or you need to remove then the history, whether it is painful or not, what is the age, what is the history of tobacco usage, all these you be, collectively we see as a thing. And if we suspect, okay, it looks like a malignancy, then malignancy is a very broad term. You just cannot say malignancy. Malignancy, it's okay. But then you, for treatment purpose, you need to categorize it into different type of malignancies based on the histopathology. And that can be done only in the biopsy. So biopsy is very, very necessary. Uh, what happens is that after some time, the clinician, the surgeon, especially the surgeons, they are so sure, yeah, it looks like a malignancy. We can directly go ahead with uh, directly go ahead with surgery, surgery. But that are very less, less than 1% of the cases. If you go to a, a good institute with all the facilities of the treatment of cancer, they will definitely suggest you a biopsy because every each and every step of treatment depends on the biopsy report. And first we take a small biopsy, RFNAC, confirm, then you get a surgery done. And then based on and then based on the reports, uh, histopathology report or a biopsy report of that proper specimen, then you go ahead with adjust, uh, adjoint treatment like uh, whether it is needed only radiotherapy, where there's no need, treatment needed, where there's a chemotherapy needed, that all depends on the histopathology. So biopsy is very important because first, it will tell you the prognosis and second, it will guide you to the treatment, how it should proceed. Right, doctor. Right, doctor. Other than biopsy, any other ways? See, uh, these days, PET scan is a modality in which what happened is that a particular agent called FDG, fluorodeoxyglucose. So we give that to the patient, and that is a part of the nuclear medicine team. They give that, and then they take a CT scan of the whole of the body. And it is supposed that wherever there is malignancy, that drug will be taken up by those tissues, those organs. And when we take a scan, it will glow. So basically, it is a part of nuclear medicine team, but we regularly see patients keep they are coming with PET scan. Ki, okay, PET scan is being done. The tumor is here, here, and it is not anywhere else. But then again, I tell you, if these are just to tell you the, uh, you can say staging. These are helpful for staging after disease, and they can give you an idea. 
अल्ट्रासाउंड सीटी स्कैन एम आर आई पेट स्कैन वट एवर द मॉडलिटी क्लिनिकल एग्जामिनेशन दे ऑल कैन गाइड यू की हाँ इट लुक्स लाइक ए मेलिग्नेंसी बट द एक्चुअल प्रूफ द एक्चुअल प्रूफ विच विच मेलिग्नेंसी एंड विच टाइप ऑफ मेलिग्नेंसी Even in squamous cell carcinoma, it may be a keratinizing time, it may be a non-keratinizing time, depending upon the histopathology. The exact picture that can be done only on the basis of biopsy. Alternatively, what we can do FNAC. FNAC is just a small needle. We'll put there and we'll take some sample. Like in biopsy, we take whole of the tissue, and in FNAC, we just take with a small needle, just like taking a blood sample. It is just putted in that area, put in that area, and Take, uh, the sample has been taken. It is very small, uh, simple procedure, and the report usually come in a day or two. And sometime we can go ahead with that. Right, doctor. We cannot even stress more on the importance of taking the biopsy. Is that important? No, we cannot. We can like avoiding biopsy will be um, uh, not beneficial to the patient. You can say just because of one step. And like in head and neck cancer, you take biopsy. then you can go ahead with testing other markers like egfr and bgf there are other markers based on which there are immunotherapy there are targeted therapies so that can also be taken care of so once we take these biopsy tests we are able to decide what kind of uh, treatment protocol we can go for definitely talking more about a multidisciplinary approach doctor do you believe in a multidisciplinary approach when it comes to radiation therapy and why so uh, radiation first we'll talk about malignancy itself malignancy itself is a multimodality treatment if a center is saying that i have a one oncologist and he is doing everything then this is like not an optimal care or it may be a good alternative in remote areas where you cannot find but for a proper malignancy treatment as per protocol as per international protocols you need a multidisciplinary team that can that should include a surgeon a radiation oncologist a medical oncologist a psychologist a pathologist a radiologist and nutrition expert a physiotherapy expert with everything every person should be there for optimal care and when you come to radiation oncology that only one part of the malignancy team radiation oncology in itself it is very important that you get a team good team like a radiation oncologist then there is a very important part medical physicists then there are technicians and these everything should go hand in hand to give an optimal care otherwise you will just any if any part is missing any step is missing yeah if any step is not good then you are compromising with the cancer care of the patient right doctor so we need multidisciplinary approach is what you were saying it is must it is must if you want to really treat a cancer and you want not only just treating the cancer you want the patient to be happy because what happens in that head and neck cancer you get a surgery done in itself it is very morbid you the patient get cuts here and the disfigurement of face and all slight although with improvement in plastic surgery and surgical procedure and robotic surgery the um disfigurement of face are very less but then you get a radiation you get an chemo and after all this happens and you say that his patient is cured okay patient is cured but is he living his life normally as before this is a very important question then the part of rehabilitation then i the psych- psychologist needed then the physiotherapy is very important because the mouth opening usually get reduced person saying that sir i can eat but i cannot put spoon in my mouth so these time physiotherapy they play a very 
key role and nutrition during the treatment the surgery and the radiation therapy the nutrition is very important right so doctor we, you were saying no i was just saying so they all should go hand in hand then you can give an excellent care to the patient great that is what we are looking for the best treatment outcome for the patient definitely that goes into my next question to you doctor how has radiation therapy created the best treatment outcome for the patient what are the advances in radiation therapy that have created this best treatment outcome so what happens is that usually patient after surgery they come to me and telling me sir ki i have the surgery has been done on this date and now the surgeon has referred to us matlab uh, uh, surgeon then referred to us as radiation oncologist we have to see the reports whether whether radiation therapy will help that patient or not and what should be the appropriate technique to give radiation it is not like you give radiation with advanced technique in each and every patient there there are certain sites where you don't need actually uh, the very high end radiotherapy it is not like you take um, your aeroplane to go anywhere in the market it is not needed so we see the report then we decide what kind of radiotherapy what doses should he give what area should he get radiation which area should not get radiation which is what is the chances of recurrence so we start discussing with the patient and most of the time the three aspect i used to discuss with the patient why radiation therapy is needed what are the side effect and what is the uh, uh, uh life what is the um, possible outcome of the uh, radiation therapy what impact you will have on your daily life so these three aspect i usually talk with that patient and the main important thing is why radiotherapy is needed and, and which modality should we use so in head and neck cancer most of the time i used to tell patient that you go ahead with the most advanced technique that we have that either imrt or rapid arc whatever because in head and neck cancer i told you ki there are structures which need to be saved because once the these structures are burned they are burned so then it is i have to tell them ki okay what if we do 3d crt what will happen with this area with gel burn and we will not able to save that area and we will not able to recover that also it is not like with time it will recover it is burned it is burned it is gone so then most of the time what happens is that the patient get uh, convinced okay sir we will go ahead with the most advanced technique and this see the benefit one of my patient was telling me sir we me and one of my colleague we both got operated at the same time same hospital and he went to a center for radiotherapy where he didn't opt with a, he was given a option but he didn't opt for the imrt he opted for the lower technique 3d crt and i opted and that was patient came to me and he opted for imrt and after i think 8 month or 1 year when he came for follow up like to after 2 3 4 follow up he came to me and he was saying doctor very thank you very thank you because um, he was from a remote area matlab he was from a village actually so he was telling me ki sir very i am very thankful to you because i am able to eat properly and my colleague i had a chat with him him and he was saying that he uh, he is not able to eat properly he is having feeling difficulty in taking um solid foods he can eat only liquids and semi solid so he was very help matlab happy because he see we as a radiation oncologist we see this on a regular basis ki okay this patient this patient came with xerostomia this patient is not having xerostomia um, he got the 3d crt he got imrt but when a patient sees another patient na, 
and he sees the difference. Okay, if I opted this, I have paid more, and then I have got the benefit. So that is very important. Right, doctor. When we actually see the treatment happen right in front of our eyes, the advances, we actually are more convinced. Correct. Correct. Moving on to my next question, doctor. How does immunotherapy and targeted therapy help radiation therapy? How can they work hand in hand? So, if we just go a little behind the mouth, there's the area which is called oropharynx. So, in oropharynx, what happens is that in, in oropharynx, the surgery, it, it is still in a very early stages because the morbidity of surgery, the side effects of surgery, you can say, after removing the structure because it is easy for surgeon to take out some part of tongue but it is very difficult for them to take out the posterior part of tongue just this is called base of tongue like from where the tongue is attached to the underlying bone and all structures so they say if we take out that it is very problematic for the patient he cannot swallow so then there the surgery is most of the time avoided the radiation and simultaneously chemotherapy are the uh, main options for treatment. So when you go ahead with chemotherapy, most of the time it is simple chemotherapy that is given. It is toxic also. But there are some patients who are not actually able, like if someone has a kidney disease, you cannot give that chemotherapy to them. If someone is mm, having a heart disease, so then there is an immunotherapy scheme. We, we give some immunotherapy or targeted therapy along with that radiation therapy because in the trials has been done and it has shown that they have a reduced side effect, decreased side effect, significantly decreased side effect in the form of vomiting or in the form of decrease in blood counts. But right now, as immunotherapy has not been the standard of care for the, all the patients along with radiation therapy in oropharyngeal cancer, uh, it is most in the setting where radiation and chemo has been done and the, the disease has again came out, then it has a role. But like it, uh, immunotherapy, if you give immunotherapy or targeted therapy, then it has shown um, good uh, results in compared to conventional chemotherapy. And in the fourth stages of cancer, when the disease has spread all to the into the other part of the body like lung and liver, then there are trials that have shown improved survival with immunotherapy or with targeted therapy. Right, doctor. Right. Um, when we talk about lung cancer and prostate cancer in males, uh, if you see, it is going on to another rising end, especially lung cancer. What are your comments? What are your comments, doctor? We would love to hear them. What are your comments on this? So in lung cancer, um, if, if you say in the first, second or third stages, when the cancer is uh, localized to the lung and adjacent part, it, is, it has not spread beyond that. Then radiation therapy, chemotherapy and surgery, these are all the options. You go, can go ahead with surgery and then radiation and chemotherapy or you can go ahead with chemo and radiation and then you can get a surgery done. But in the fourth stages, if you especially talk about fourth stages and mainly in the adenocarcinoma, then the targeted therapy is very important because in adenocarcinoma, there are mutations at the gene level which can, and uh, there are drugs which can actually target that mutations. So we go ahead with biopsy 
and then we test like EGFR, we test ALK, RAS1, and PDL1, and we have special drugs against them. And if you see from uh, 30-40 years back, the median survival with a metastatic lung cancer, mean the lung cancer, and it has spread, it was only eight months. But in the current area, if proper mutation has been detected and the patient is able to get the proper treatment, then the median overall survival has increased from eight months up to 36 months. More than fourfold it has increased. People are living more. And the toxicity profile, the main toxicity profile of the immunotherapy or targeted therapy compared with conventional chemotherapy are very less. So what happens is that the patient takes the chemotherapy and it, he develops fever, cough, diarrhea, vomiting, decreased blood counts, repeated hospital admission. These all are required. But for the chemo, immunotherapy and targeted therapy, the side effects are very less because they are targeted. They will target the special cells only that have those mutations, the cancer cells. The effect on the general body cells, they are a little less as compared to chemotherapy. Right. So, so more the more role of immunotherapy and targeted therapy in lung cancer is especially in fourth stages where the conventional treatment like surgery, chemotherapy and radiation therapy they don't properly work or they don't give that expected outcome. What about prostate cancer, doctor? See, so in the current scenario, as if I say the main treatment for prostate cancer in the initial stages, it can be either surgery or radiotherapy or uh, you can say you can just put a patient on observation. Okay, just we'll follow that patient. We'll not give any in very, very early stages. He will just follow this patient and if he will develop symptoms or he'll have problems, then we'll treat. But in advanced cases, um, in localized prostate cancer, it can be surgery followed by radiotherapy or it can be radiotherapy along with hormonal therapy. So mostly it is hormonal therapy that are um, in using the treatment of prostate cancer. Right, doctor, right. Coming to stomach cancers, doctor, and colon cancer, how is it treated as compared to first stage and fourth stage? So, you are talking about GI cancer, gastrointestinal right, right. cancer. So, they are actually um, like difficult to treat cancer as I can say in comparison to other sites because uh, when you treat a cancer you need diet you need diet a good diet like a person is getting treated for head and neck cancer you put a rice tube or you put a, some other part uh, some other modality like peg and you keep on giving diet good diet okay you feel um, a little weak get a with good diet and you take it but when you treat cancer of stomach and colon, then you are actually treating the area of food, uh, food passage. And then it becomes very difficult for the patient to basically deal with all of this. So if we talk about the colon cancer, it is actually more of the main stage of treatment in initial stages is surgery. If it is stage one, then we don't need any other further treatment, stage one colon cancer can be surgically uh, can be resected and then can be left and follow, good follow up and uh, can uh, serve the purpose. But for uh, stage two and stage three, it is surgery followed by adjuvant chemotherapy. Then what should be the adjuvant chemotherapy? That depends upon what is the staging, what is the nodal burden, how um, far it has spread in beyond the colon. But in fourth stages, again, this is only chemotherapy. In fourth stage, which is chemotherapy, targeted therapy, 
and immunotherapy. Okay, doctor. And so, and and if um, like radiation ha- as per se, radiation has no role in the treatment of colon cancer. But when you come to stomach cancer, then radiation has a very big role. And depending upon whether the cancer is in the lower part of the stomach or in the upper part of the stomach, where it is also involving the food pipe, it can be pre-operative radiotherapy followed by surgery or surgery followed by adjuvant radiochemotherapy, depending upon the exact location, size and other factors. Right, doctor. Um, coming to my last question, and uh, also taking into consideration how care overall for cancer patients is given. Can we talk more about palliative care here? So, nearly more than 30-40% of the patient at last they need a palliative care. And, and uh, if I can say at my institute, I be, uh, be as a team of oncology, like we medical oncologists uh, and the radiation oncologists, my both the colleagues, uh, they, we see nearly 25 to 30% of the patient who comes metastatic to us that the cancer has already been spread. So there are two main differences from the initial stages and the fourth stages. Like in the initial stages, we go ahead with curative therapy. means we tell the patient ki we will give you the most aggressive treatment that we can give according to the stage of the disease and toxicity we will bear. You will and you and we together, we will be here. We talk with the patient. Okay, we'll be worrying for the toxicity, but not at the cost of curing the disease. But when we go for palliative treatment, like a patient has come to a fourth stage, then we don't go for when we are not targeting for cure. We want the patient to live happily for the rest of his life, whatever is, is remaining. So at that time, the taking care of toxicity becomes very important. We don't want, like, if a patient comes to us, I have a cancer and report is saying it has spread to this, this, this. Now, what is your opinion? Then we don't want he has came to us walking and we give him very good, um, as per se, very good chemotherapy and he develops toxicity and he's on bed. We don't want that. We want how much problem we can solve, we solve, but we don't give any problem due to treatment. So that is two important, very important differences. Cure has not is not an option. Cure is uh, the only the option is manage or palliation. And we don't want any iatrogenic side effects. We, if we want to reduce the doses, we can okay, reduce the doses slightly, but we don't want side effects. So these are the very important. And in the end stages of life, the psycho, uh, you can say psychologist consultation is very important. Because some of them are saying, doctor, if there is no chance of cure, why should I get treated? Yeah, depression is very common. And if you see depression in itself has been shown to be a poor prognostic, like two patients with same stages, one has a depression and one has not, then the person with depression, he will do bad in comparison to person who do not have depression. So psychological consultation, the diet and then palliation in itself is very important. If you so, there are many courses, like for one of the very, very important aspect is pain. Like if you can control the pain of a patient, sometimes I have seen patients who can say, doctor, So they are very afraid of pain because the, in the last stages, the cancer pain is very troublesome. 
it keeps on going 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 it doesn't stops any time so these all are aspect and the um, one more important thing for palliation is that the patient needs to trust you actually he needs to trust you for all this but he needs to trust you yeah whether my doctor is doing this or that i need to follow and that will be my benefit and that will be that will benefit me right doctor that is that is exactly that trust the belief that you have that the doctor only then the treatment will take its course on the person's body i feel definitely if you if the patient if the your um, patient trust you then you matlab i have seen that patient who have trust they do better uh-huh. and they like if we say okay you go ahead with that like first chemotherapy is given our radiation two fraction have four fraction has been given and you say that so just pain is there and you suggest ki we need 10 radiation for pain he said okay doctor and two three four happens and he said ki doctor it is not responding then at that time he should not leave the treatment you need to complete that 10 fraction of radiation and sometimes what happens is that for pain you give radiation and it responds after all the treatment has been completed and after two weeks it responds so that trust he should not leave the treatment in between like if a medical oncologist is giving chemo and if the patient is having pain and lot of fluid in the abdomen and just after one chemotherapy he runs away ki nahi nahi ek chemotherapy diya tha and it is not responding he ran away then at that time the trust came into play ki nahi for one the doctor has suggested me five cycles or six cycle or four cycle whatever i need to take that and then i will decide ki whether i am have to go further or not that at that time the treatment break it is very less when the doc, uh, patient trust the doctor right doctor something just came into my mind right now with breast cancer um month up october is the breast cancer awareness month um would you like to suggest a few of your knowledgeable insights on breast cancer doctor see uh, breast cancer um, screening i'll just talk about i'll not talk about the treatment part i'll talk about the screening part because that is more important because uh, there's a chapter called there's a subject called psm preventive and social medicine and prevention is very it will it is actually screening that you can say to detect the breast cancer in early stages it is very important because in early stages of breast cancer the outcome are very good some women are just disease free throughout their life they don't even develop recurrence so one of the very very important part is self breast examination that you every woman above the age of 35 or 30 35 years she should she should examine her breast regularly and not daily because if she'll examine daily she'll not find any difference first she need to she needs to go to a doctor and learn how to um, get self breast examination and then there is annual mammogram if the patient if the doctor feels that the patient particular patient is at risk like if you are having a positive family history that your mother or your first degree relative or your second degree relatives have had breast cancer in the past then if you are at risk then you need to go to a doctor and you need to see ki how much you are at risk whether you need a genetic counseling whether you need any genetic testing whatever so based on all this based on all this like a very good example of angelina jolie i need don't need to tell them that example but there is a very good example for that she got a surgery done so whether you are at a risk or not first you need to realize that and then consult a genetic counselor and third is self breast examination if these three are properly taken care of 
most of the time the breast cancer cancer can be detected in very early stages and if detected in early stages it has a very good outcome yes doctor that is that is exactly what we are looking for trying to indicate trying to figure out early detection right definitely and as if you find any problem you this is one of my message to all the females if you find any difficulty you need not to delay a single day just consult your doctor immediately it may not be cancer but it may be also so you cannot take that on the risk just consult get it um clear get, get the consultation done and then go ahead with that whether you need a treatment or you don't need a treatment that all will be a later point yes doctor perfect perfect doctor my last uh, it's just a, a slight question no, for no, you um, as part of zen onco i would like to know how you think we are trying to help patients as well how what do you think zenonco.io is doing for the betterment of patients no you are doing you are doing a very great job because like i am living in lucknow i see patients from different different remote remote areas but what happens is that before reaching an oncologist they have already passed two three months like the, you know, i was uh, uh, like they say ki i am i am living in a remote area and i got this problem three months back but then i consulted him her him her then he referred to no you go to this 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 before reaching to a particular oncologist center or a person dedicated to treating cancer they have already elapsed some time i feel ki the very initial first ultrasonography report and the sonography report what we did now when patient came to us has a difference of 3 months and the stage has been increased everything has changed because as the stage increases the intensity of treatment increases and as the intensity of treatment increases it is the side effect which increases so if you and especially in this covid period the patient had suffered a lot they don't get the option to but when you get a platform where you can consult a doctor at least you can know that yeah this should be done then the person is determined okay this should be done now our part is how to do it so you give a platform for the patient to contact direct directly to doctor when he can suggest you need to do this like patient what to do how to do now if you give a platform and we can consult online and we can tell ki this this investigation you need to do this okay you live in that area you can go there and you can go not go there whatever so then there one question is passed okay what to do then the other thing is that how to do then they arrange them their whatever needed money or vehicle or whatever needed but the initial question what to do sometimes the patient don't know what to do when you don't know what to do then you cannot say, mm, decide how to do first you need to know so this is a very good thing and like uh, you don't need to go to every patient as a doctor it is very important for us to reach to a large number of population and that can be done through the you can say this advancement this platform only and it is helping a lot and i can tell you it will keep on increasing it will it is not going to stop it is it has it, it was there teleconsultation was there but due to covid it has increased and now it is not going to stop it will keep on increasing 
Right, doctor. Thank you so much for that input and thank you so much for being with us on today's knowledge sharing session. You took the time out from your busy schedule to be with us and share so much knowledge. I'm sure so many viewers are going to be benefiting from this. Thank you so much, doctor, on behalf of zenonco.io and Love Heals Cancer. I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart, Dr. Suheb Mohammed. No, I, I also want to say thank you to bear with me because I have just cancelled it once and then timing and everything and all those issues. So I am really thankful to you for bearing with me. And I know sometimes it is difficult for us like to manage the thing which I said, okay, we'll do it at that time and then it becomes some other thing. And you say, so bearing with this and then arranging everything. Completely fine, doctor. Completely fine. Thank you so much for being with us and being, being the person that you are. Thank you, doctor. Thank you. Have a good day.